It comes in like a thief in the night. It has the ability to infiltrate your life disguised as many different things. It can cripple you and is responsible for every regret you've ever experienced. Today, we're going to talk about that crook that's stealing all of the joy out of your life on today's episode of The Transparent Butterfly. Hi, I'm Jay Ward. I'm a wife, a mom of two teenagers, and an introverted business owner who battles anxiety and depression. Join me on my journey of transformation from people-pleasing perfectionist to boundary-implementing, holistically balanced intuitive. Here, we'll discuss self-care for the mind, body, and spirit, all through the lens of transparent vulnerability. Welcome to the Transparent Butterfly Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Transparent Butterfly. I'm your host, Jay Ward. I have just got to say, the minute I finished editing episode one, I knew I needed to tackle this topic. Initially, this episode was going to be named or patterned around perfection or perfectionism. But then I had to kind of break it down or pull it back a bit. That's how I'm able to get a better understanding of things. So the story around episode one, I was told that When you get ready to uh, record your podcast, you can just record it straight into your phone and then just upload it to the software. Everything is easy peasy. I overthought that thing like you would not believe. While the episode itself is less than 30 minutes, it took me literally all doggone day to get that episode edited and published. I had long breaks and I had to splice things together and I had to add background music to certain things. I had to create like this story background, all of these things that I wanted to make it quote unquote perfect. By the time I finished editing that episode, I am not going to lie. I really felt like, you know what? This is too much damn work. I do not feel like doing this every time. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because this is just, this is doing the most here. And so when I told my friend about it, she was like, I thought we said this was going to be easy. We were not going to make this hard. But it's just something in me that makes doing just about anything more detailed or more complicated than it really has to be. So I was like, you know what? That's a great idea for um, the next podcast episode. We could talk about perfectionism and like what it is and how to identify and how to cope with it and all of those things. So when I started writing my notes, I was like, wait a minute, let's let's back up a little bit because where does perfectionism derive from? Let me go back and um saying, of course, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a person who deals with mental health issues. And these are merely my observations. So as I was kind of doing a little bit of research and getting to 
working backwards, if you will. So starting with perfectionism, what perfectionism tends to um, create or cause in my life, then I started backing up. So going, okay, so what is the thing that creates that perfectionism in me? And y'all, it is something that is the root cause of so many different uh, shortcomings in our lives. I feel like, honestly, I probably feel like it's part of the devil. A lot of people like throw the devil on stuff. And I feel like this is like one of his main tricks. It is the ultimate mental okie doke is fear. It is fear. I've seen acronyms where um, fear has been described as false evidence appearing real. And so I said, okay, so if I feel like perfectionism is derived from fear, then what's fear? Uh, Well, fear is basically um, an emotion. Fear is an emotion, just like happiness and sadness and excitement and all these things. So I was doing a little bit of research and I was on the Very Well Mind blog and there they gave um, the definition of basically what an emotion is because I like to take it all the way back, far back to where it doesn't, it's not so emotional for me. So perfectionism is kind of triggering for me. It's an emotion, but then, and so is fear. But then if we take it back a little bit more, I go, well, okay, well, fear is an emotion. Well, what's an emotion? And once I go back so far, it it's less emotional and it's more logical and I'm able to deal with it better. So I took it all the way back to what is an emotion. So on the um, Very Well Mind blog, verywellmind.com, according to the book Discovering Psychology by Don Hockenberry and Sandra E. Hockenberry, an emotion is a complex psychological state that involves three distinct components. A subjective experience. So that's something that really um, differs from person to person. But it's something that we each experience. We all experience it, but we take it in differently. A physiological response. And that is how our body reacts to that experience. And then a behavioral or expressive response. And that's how we react to the experience. So knowing that that's what an emotion is and whether we um, are experiencing the emotion of happiness or excitement or um, sadness or anger or fear, we're going to go through those three stages. We're going to have a an experience that is going to create a, a physiological response, and then we'll have a behavioral or an expressive response to it. So it got me to thinking, and it's something that I've always asked. You know how sometimes there'll be um, a trait that someone possesses And you wonder, I've always wondered that is, what is it about that particular trait that a person possesses that can irritate some people, but it could be that very same thing that makes them uh, great in some areas. And I'm starting to see that that's the case for a lot of different things because um, the same feeling or the same physiological response that you get when you are afraid of something is the same 
physiological experience that you get when you're excited about something. So when we're afraid of something or we are scared or we are fearful, our palms tend to sweat. We get a knot in our stomach. Sometimes we get a lump in our throat and our heart begins to race. When you're excited, the same thing happens, but for a completely different reason. So, excuse me. So I'm thinking, well, with our emotions acting the way they do in a certain way, and with us having experiencing fear, um, I feel like that we could possibly trace our steps back and maybe redirect or flip that thing so that we don't have the same um, fear-based way of living life. So, <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat or something. So, anywho's when we talk about fear, fear is a very natural emotion. It is actually quite healthy in some instances. It is what we use to... Um, it's, it's something that it's an emotion that is used for survival. It is what keeps us safe, being afraid of things. That's what keeps us from doing stuff like walking out in the oncoming traffic and uh, biting down on live wires and, you know, things that pretty much keep us alive. And so the thing about it, though, is when our fear gets out of sync, like when it goes haywire, that's when we start to run into issues that create situations like perfectionism and anxiety and depression and all of those things. So when we're talking about how um, fear shows up in our lives, I know for me personally, I have an issue with the fear of being accepted. And it's interesting because that's not necessarily how fear, I think when it was arranged in our whole um, human species makeup, it wasn't designed for things like that. It was designed for things like, you know, making sure that you're not no mauled by a bear or, you know, things that put you in um, imminent danger. But things like, and society has really kind of gotten us so far removed from actual fears and legitimate fears to self-inflicted fears. And um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to use right right now, but fears that are not actually real, um, and maybe implied fears or things like that. <clears throat> so you have um, the... Fear of, for me, fear of being accepted that goes, that plays into my whole approval addiction thing and uh, being a perfectionist. Then I have to ask myself, well, why am I afraid of not being accepted? Then that goes back to really me being uh, loved or me being accepting myself because I really believe that when you don't have your um your own internal 
uh, stability, if you don't love yourself, if you don't accept yourself for who you are, flaws and all, that's when you start looking for external validation. And whether it is the acceptance of your peers or the acceptance of society or the acceptance of your parents or um, a spouse, loved ones, romantic relationships, what have you. When you don't have the, the solid foundation of knowing who you are and knowing that not only are you imperfect, but so is everyone else. No one is is perfect. And so when you once you really, really, truly understand that, then you don't necessarily need as much validation. And so that's really something that I still struggle with. Um, I think it's just because from years and years and years of not feeling good enough. And so knowing that there are days now when I'm I'm feeling pretty secure and I'm feeling OK and I'm feeling like, you know what, um, <laughs> You know, you can have your opinion or whatever. That's fine. But when you've dealt with years of that and you have one day where you feel like, okay, I feel good and I'm feeling pretty confident and and loving and accepting of myself. And you start to introduce this thing called boundaries, which basically lets another person know that, hey, I don't necessarily have to um, play by your rules or I don't have to, you know, agree with what you have going on. I don't have to float your boat or whatever phrase is said. I don't necessarily have to do that. And it's okay for us to disagree. And when you've gone years and years and years of being that yes person and always doing things to make other people happy so that they will accept you, when you have that one or two days where you're like, okay, you know, I'm good. And it's okay if, you know, if we don't agree on this, I'm not about to go back and forth with you on this. It can sometimes cause a problem because people have grown so accustomed to you behaving a certain way. And that can get tricky because when you have those one or two good days and then you're back to your years and years and years self and you've kind of stood your ground. You find you find yourself um, sometimes like backpedaling or going back to those old ways. Number one, because it's comfortable is what you know. And then number two, because you've gone back into that. Well, I don't want to make this person um not accept me. I don't want this person to be mad with me. I don't want this person to not not accept me. And so I think the journey of um, perfectionism is a tumultuous one. I don't know if I said that word right, but it, it, it could be rocky. And so when you have um, these things that um, give you this, this kind of push and pull, in terms of who you are, you tend to always find yourself on edge because you're always trying to make sure that you're doing the right thing. So that's how you get to, I feel like, for me anyways, get to that point of perfectionism. 
the fear of not being accepted, the fear of not being loved because I don't love myself enough or I don't accept who I am enough to be okay with that external force not validating me, then now I am positioning myself and I'm trying to do everything that is perfect so that I can be accepted. Now, I want to pull up um, the definition of perfectionism. And according to Merriam-Webster, perfectionism is the doctrine that the perfection, the perfectionism now, is the doctrine that the perfection of moral character constitutes as a person's highest good. And then there's another definition that... um, talks about the um the theological doctrine that a state of freedom from sin is attainable on earth and that is something that when i read that i was like you know what that's the problem we are so at least me and being raised in the south in the bible belt there are certain things that we're taught And from a very young age, we're kind of taught this black and white, white and wrong in regard to the way that we live our lives. And we are not taught that there are many, many shades of gray. And when when your ramifications are either do right or go to hell, first of all, Sometimes right is just as subjective as these different emotions that we feel. What's right to someone may not necessarily be right to another person. So what is your definition of right in the first place? And then when you're so careful trying to make sure that you're making the right steps so that you can be perceived as quote unquote good because good gets you to heaven and bad sends you to hell. And that's kind of how you're raised to think. Good is just this, you know, marvelous, perfect thing. And the thing that is so baffling to me is that according to the Bible, we are born into a world of sin. So it's almost like we born set up to fail. So how does that work? Well, you know, of course, we're taught that, you know, God gives gives grace and that we're able to repent in those things. But for me... I think a lot of times we are raised to, with with such a stern belief system that we aren't taught that it's okay to miss the mark, which essentially is what the definition of sin is, is missing the mark. And so we're born into a world of imperfection as imperfect beings, and yet we're striving for perfection. Now, that sounds a bit of an oxymoron sounds like oxymoron to me but um understanding that number one perfection in my opinion is also subjective my perfection may not look the same if i'm doing the same thing as somebody else my perfection may not look like someone else's perfection what looks right quote-unquote right to me may not necessarily be up to par to someone else's standards So, again, it goes to those different shades of gray. And so while we're worrying ourselves about things being, quote unquote, right, 
whether it's right in our eyes or whether it's right in society's eyes, everybody is not going to agree with your version of perfection. So my thing is do the best you can and understand that there is so much more joy in progressing and learning from the missteps than holding yourself and not doing anything at all, allowing perfection and fear to paralyze you to where you're not making any steps at all and worrying about, you know, what could possibly happen, which may not happen in the first place, which is where the whole anxiety piece comes in and creating a whole lot of unnecessary stress and strife for yourself. I can tell you from firsthand experience because that daggone first podcast episode just really took me through and it didn't have to be that way. But because I wanted it to be so right, I overthought it. Even after I had done it, I overthought it. I wanted to add all of these bells and whistles instead of just going, you know what? If this is something that you're going to be doing long term, give yourself space to grow. It doesn't have to be perfect on episode one if you're, you know, if you're going to be doing this long term. Put the content out, learn and, you know, listen back to it and go, okay, well, these are places that I can learn and grow from and and go from there. And so that is my goal for this episode. I'm recording straight through. Um, Doggone the ums and the pauses and all of those things. I'm going straight through and hopefully the audio is good and I'm going to upload it. There won't be any cute interludes and all of those things. I'm just going to... You know, speak my truth and put it on up here and grow from there. And I think that that is the key when it comes to perfection, because what is not up to par for me could very well be someone else's perfection. So while I'm holding the thing because it's not right in my eye, someone else is missing out on something. And this can apply to you as well. While you're sitting around waiting on the perfect opportunity or the perfect time or the perfect fit, the perfect outfit, the perfect hairdo, the perfect blah, blah, blah. You are depriving someone else from gaining from whatever it is that you have to offer. And when you look at it in that way, as people who also someone who who wants to um, um, I want to uh, be accepted and be approved of. My standard of doing things could be one way where there's a whole other group of people who are completely okay with these ums and pauses and all of those things because they want to be able to hear something that they can relate to. So where is it in your life that you are holding back and you're finding yourself not stepping into your truth and your uh your best self through growth and through learning because you're waiting on everything to be perfect? Because you're afraid that um it's not going to be right or they may not like it. What area in your life is is holding you back? What where where are you depriving other people from um receiving 
the gift that God gave you? I want to know. And I don't know how you're going to tell me because I hadn't figured that part out yet. But when I do, I'll put it in here some kind of way and then you can let me know. I don't know. Again, I don't know how that works. But as of right now, I just want you to know that I feel like while perfectionism can be really great in some instances, it is something that can cause us to excel and to do things with a certain level of excellence. On the flip side, it can be very crippling and it can be exhausting and it could cause an incredible amount of unnecessary stress. The same as fear. It While it is very necessary, certain things do need to be done of a certain way. When we talk in perfection, I mean, if you're a neurosurgeon, we do need you to have a certain level of accuracy. But there is so many of us who deal with this whole perfectionism thing. And we are holding ourselves so to such a a critical standard that is unfair to us we're being hard on ourselves it's unfair to us and it's unfair to the people that we are supposed to be blessing and so just take a moment to really kind of say you know what despite this I'm going to do whatever it is I'm going to call I'm going to show up I'm going to do whatever it is uh, to hell with it not being perfect. It'll be okay later on. You know, we can learn a whole lot from babies. I read somewhere that the only fear that newborns, newborn babies have is loud sounds and falling. Those are the only fears that they have. They don't know to be afraid of anything. They put their hands on hot stoves. They roll off beds. They bite down on stuff they have no business biting down on, put things in their mouth that they have no business putting their uh putting in their mouths. And somewhere between us being babies and us becoming adults, uh a lot of us have a lot of fear instilled in us. And that fear is really um it's slowing us down. It's slowing us down from from being truly great. It's slowing us down from um that um metamorphosis process for us to you know transform into those beautiful butterflies that are you know soaring and thriving and all of those things it's crippling us y'all and i just want you to know that if it's not quote unquote right in your eyes that is okay i believe that a lot of times because we tend to hold ourselves to such a high standard and such a hard regard and I don't know if it's because we do it to ourselves or if it's because we look so critically towards others. And people can say that they don't judge. They are a bald faced lie. People judge. They can say they don't, but I swear they do. And as a perfectionist, we are probably some of the most judgmental people on the planet because we want things done in such a certain and specific way and we are looking at things that are not done in such a certain and specific way and we're questioning why it wasn't done like this or it could have been done better or I would have done it this way and 
the people who did not do that, and I'm saying this myself included, I'm putting myself on the chopping block as well. There are people out here that are just really thriving and growing and doing things, learning as they go, because they're not worried about things being perfect. And while I'm sitting here, misjudgmental Judy, judging the way that they're showing up and looking at, well, this could have been done this way or this could have been done that way. And I'm sitting here in a in a in a bubble just is steadily shrinking because I feel like, well, I don't have my things perfect because I know that because I look at things a certain way and I'm, you know, looking at things all judgmentally that I am fearful of that being done to me. Now, you can say what you want about this. Say you don't judge, whatever. We all, you know, as us perfectionists, we know the truth. So take a moment. Number one, let's applaud progress in general, whatever progress it is. It doesn't have to be perfect. Let's applaud that. And then let's apply that same mindset to our own lives. Let's take a moment. And um, look at some things that we have not done perfectly, that we are not doing perfectly. And let's just get out there and do it. Um, That's all I got for today. And um, I'm going to end it here so that I'm not rambling and so that I'm not doing a whole lot of unnecessary repeating of myself. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I look forward to um, you following us on Instagram at the transparent butterfly and you can follow us online or uh, listen to the podcast at the transparent butterfly.com.